Welcome to day 144 of Shaped by the Word, Season 3, The Story of the Prophets. I'm Paul here with uh, Matt, David, and Cindy as we continue to work our way through uh, the book of Jeremiah. Yesterday, our reading is the final, you know, decisive announcement of judgments, and God is going to use Babylon, you know, to judge you know, Judah. And as Cindy pointed out yesterday, uh, the Lord called us to, you know, called them to put on sackcloth and ashes and mourn, and yet uh, they're putting on their makeup and their eyeliner and their best dresses and uh, reveling in their, their, their sin. And uh, you get to the heart of it as you come, you know, to chapter five. You, you hear echoes of, you know, Paul here. Uh, you know, as God looks about, you know, to find someone who is righteous, and yet he, he finds uh, no one. So we come to Jeremiah chapter 5. As we always do, we read, you know, not only in awe of the beauty of the literature, uh, you read this, you, you, you notice, you know, there are nice poetic strophes uh, that your English is conveying to you and the way that it lays out, you know, the pages. So it's a beautiful piece of literature, but more than that, it is a word from our Lord, and it's deeply convicting. And it's not only intended for Israel in, in, in the moment of darkness, but through Israel it comes to us as, as, as a warning and an invitation to us as well. So as we read, we always read, uh, knowing that God you know, God is speaking through His Word to build us up as, as His people. So before we read, Matt, could you open us up in a word of prayer? Yeah, let's pray. Father, we... Thank you for your word and in time in it together. Thank you that you continue to build up your body through your word and um, and you reveal yourself to us, uh, both your heart and your character as we read. And, and so, Father, we ask along with um, David that we would behold wonderful things from your word as we read together, that we would behold you and be transformed by you. Uh, Father, give us wisdom as we read by your spirit. Um, help us see the glory of Jesus and be transformed into his image. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Jeremiah chapter 5, verse 1. Go up and down the streets of Jerusalem, look around and consider, search through her squares. If you can find but one person who deals honestly and seeks the truth, I will forgive the city. All they say is, surely as the Lord lives, still they are swearing falsely. Lord, do not your eyes look for truth. You struck them, but they felt no pain. You crushed them, but they refused correction. They made their faces harder than stone and refused to repent. I thought, these are only the poor, they are foolish, for they do not know the way of the Lord, the requirements of their God. So I'll go to the leaders and speak to them. Surely they know the way of the Lord, the requirements of their God. But with one accord, they too had broken off the yoke and torn off the bonds. Therefore, a lion from the forest will attack them, a wolf from the desert will ravage them, a leopard will lie in wait near their towns to tear to pieces anyone who ventures out, for their rebellion is great and their backslidings many. Why should I forgive you? Your children have forsaken me and sworn by gods that are not gods. I supplied all their needs, yet they committed adultery and thronged to the houses of prostitutes. Their well-fed lusty stallions, each neighing for another man's wife. Shall I not punish them for this, declares the Lord? Shall I not avenge myself on such a nation as this? Go through her vineyards and ravage them, but do not destroy them completely. Strip off her branches, for these people do not belong to the Lord. The people of Israel and the people of Judah have been utterly unfaithful to me, declares the Lord. They have lied about the Lord. They have said he will do nothing. No harm will come to us. We will never see the sword or famine. So you do have that image, you know, Cindy pointed out yesterday that we've already talked about that they're just up, you know, preparing for the next party and for the next event following, you know, the uh, 
passions of their heart, uh, not realizing, you know, how far their sin is and how serious it is. They can't even call sin, sin. And uh, ultimately, God will call them into account. Of course, in 5.1, we hear kind of the echoing of the conversation Abraham had with God in Sodom and asking for the one person, you know, who would do honestly yeah. and seek the truth. And I was even reminded um, this week in our kind of our staff time reading scripture, the Psalms passage 53 that talked about how God looked down from heaven to find one that was righteous. But it's just a reminder that all have turned away. No one, um, all are corrupt and no one does good and not even one is righteous. And so it's just, we do know that we do have one who is righteous. And, yeah, yeah, we do. We one. do have one who is righteous and uh, uh, through his righteousness, we can come in and experience, you know, the, the depth of God's righteousness. Mm-hmm. But it is, you, you know, and as Abraham is, you know, is pleading with God to, you know, to spare Sodom and Gomorrah, mm-hmm. you know, he gets around and says, how about, you know, if, if you found 10 righteous yeah. people and, and you find this, you know, moving back, you know, to Israel I, for the sake of one, mm-hmm. for the sake of one, I would spare the entire city. Mm-hmm. Um, but God, you know, does not, you know, find one. And, and of course, you know, Jeremiah is coming from the countryside. He is, he's part of the priesthood, but he, he lives you know, out in the countryside, he doesn't live in Jerusalem, and he's mm-hmm. noticing the people, you know, you know, around him, and saying, you know, they have no regard for the Lord, but, mm-hmm. but, but they haven't been taught. You know, they're, 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 they don't know the ways of the Lord. Surely, if I go to Jerusalem, where the temple resides, mm-hmm. there they will know the ways of the Lord. And, and of course, part of the background of Jeremiah as he began his ministry during the reign of Josiah. And the unthinkable has happened during the reign of Josiah. Mm-hmm. They're cleaning out a storeroom in the temple, and they find the covenant of the Lord, mm-hmm. which had been lost to them for years. And, and so and Josiah, you know, of course, rips his clothes and leads them into, you know, repentance. He was a part of it. Of course, part of what they probably found is, is the book of Deuteronomy mm-hmm. and the announcements of woes and the announcement of blessing, mm-hmm. you know, for faithfulness, you know, to, to the Lord. But even, even those that were, you know, near the reforms of Josiah, which were shortly lived or lived, you know, short lived, mm-hmm. uh, They've already turned away in indifference, you know, from the Lord, in mm-hmm. spite of the warnings. Mm-hmm. You see some of that here too. You know, he goes to the people and he says in verse four, "Well, these are only the poor; they are the foolish; they don't know the way of the Lord." So I'll go to the leaders; I'll speak with them, and and yet he sees again mm-hmm. um, with one accord they too had broken off the yoke and torn off the bonds, and so even and we've talked about that a lot. You know, you know those who are to be leading those, you know. He, even there, there's the unfaithfulness, and it's across the board. And and as you know, as a leader, as you know, it is your strong words to even be considered as as someone who's trying to lead and and to consider, do I know the ways of the Lord? And and so, just because you're a leader doesn't mean you even know. And there's some indictment there. Yeah, and and, and isn't it quite different, you know, just to uh, to know the ins and outs of the law of the Lord and to know the ways of the Lord. You know, there's something a little bit, you know, richer and deeper. It's like if you've lived with someone for a little while, you can kind of predict what they'll do and how they'll respond. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's an intimacy that you have where you not just know the law of the Lord, which, of course, reveals his ways, but there's such an intimacy that you, you see the wisdom in it and the grace in it and, and the deep, you know, the deep gravity mm-hmm. of it. So what a wonderful phrase. Yeah. You know, one of the interesting things to me in this chapter is, we can know 
we can know the judgment of God and, and yet at the same time don't believe the judgment of God will actually fall upon us. Or, you know, in this circumstance, verse 12, it says they've lied about the Lord. They, they said he will do nothing. No harm will come to us. We will never see sword or famine. And really what they're living into is is not an accurate picture of the Lord, but their own perceived picture of the Lord. You know, and, and yes, he does reveal himself as, you know, as a judge. He reveals himself as compassionate and kind, slow to anger. And yet they're presuming upon, you know, this image of, of God and not the actual God himself. Right. And, but I will not leave sins unpunished. Yeah. And, and so you have, you know, both, you know, you have... Uh, both in God's righteousness and forgiving sinners and his righteousness and upholding, uh, you know, the law. And, uh, you know, those two come together in Christ that he kept the law for us and was judged for our sin, uh, and which is an incredible picture. But you're right. They, uh, they, they had their own portrait of God. He, he didn't really care. He kind of smiles at our sin. Uh, much like we do, he's a kindly old grandfather, and, mm-hmm. and sure, he's a little disappointed in us, but, you know, he just kind of winks in her sin and says, oh, how cute. And, and, of course, that's not at all the case. He is a jealous God who hates everything that would rob us of knowing him, you know, in all of his glory. Well, and in his judgment, we see this in 10 11, we, we've talked about this so many times in the prophets, but God continues to preserve a remnant, you know, mm-hmm. in his people admit, in the midst of unfaithfulness and him declaring they've been utterly unfaithful to me. He says, mm-hmm. go through the vineyards and ravage them, but do not destroy them completely. He preserves a remnant. And right. we see that image, you know, of a vineyard, God's people being likened to a vineyard. You know, in verse, we saw in chapter two, you mm-hmm. know, he planted a beautiful vineyard and yet it grew wild. And he said, you know, what, yeah. what happened? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now, and it's, uh, in, in the Renmet theology is very important because uh, God is going to bring severe judgment and it will take, you know, Israel down, you know, to the, and almost to the, you know, almost to the bone, but there's always just a hope that's left. And of course, one of the things we, we've seen in Isaiah and we'll see again in Jeremiah that out of that a shoot will grow. And of course, it will lead to the ultimate, you know, return mm-hmm. of the Davidic king and the ultimate, you know, coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and all of this and any people that are faithful to himself. But this is starting over. There'll just be a few. We read that yesterday. I'll take, you know, mm-hmm. one from each town and two from each clan. Mm-hmm. And, and a few will come back and they will be humble, the humble of the land and the poor of the land. Mm-hmm. And uh, they will receive me with as, as their God and I'll give them shepherds, you know, after mm-hmm. my own heart. We even see the question in seven, you know, why should I forgive you? And uh, mm-hmm. you're just thinking through that and, you know, your children forsaken me and sworn by gods who are not gods. And yeah, it's apostle Paul seemed to pick up on that language too in Galatians, you know, formerly you did not know God, you were slaves to those who by nature, you know, are not gods. So seeing that carried over into the New Testament and then seeing obviously all the riches we've been given in Christ that that gives us a new nature and a new desire and, and, gives us eyes to see truly who the real God is. Mm-hmm. For their rebellion is great and their backslidings many. Mm-hmm. And of course that does describe us. And of course that's when we're called to you know, return to God in repentance and believe repentance is you know, not, not simply, you know, sorrow for our sin, but a recognition, uh, you know, that, uh, of, of who God is and of his mm-hmm. character and belief is that he is a loving father who has always had our best interests at heart. And even when he seems harsh, he is still doing as Paul, you know, promised, you know, his believers in times far more trying than our times that he is uh, causing all things to work together for the good of those 
who love him and are called according to his purpose. Father, thank you. Uh, and again, as we read the prophets, uh, we're a little bit uh, taken aback by the warnings and by the judgment. And yet we look at these portraits of judgment and realize that this is a judgment that should have fallen on us and even even more severely than anything that could humanly happen to anybody and on the face of this earth. And yet uh, this is a judgment that fell on Christ Jesus on our behalf. Uh, that you made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that through him we might experience your love and your grace and your righteousness. We thank you for the wonderful gifts that are ours in Christ and the gospel. And Father, may today, may our affections be turned toward him so that our lives are lived for his glory. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen.